Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome to another episode of our co-hosted segment, Raising a Conscious Human, with my amazing friend and parenting expert, Eileen Dillon. Our intention with this segment is to help all those parents out there that are struggling to create an authentic connection with their children and confused by the non-stop barrage of opinions as to what makes a good parent and what doesn't. My name is Jennifer Matthews and I'm a spiritual coach, a naturopath, a personal trainer and a mum of two amazing teens. I've always said that my kids are my greatest teachers and as conscious parents, we begin to recognise that we have as much to learn from our children as they do from us. Eileen spent many years working as a marriage and a family counsellor and psychotherapist and so she's helped many people with almost every type of problem. And she's now an international best-selling author, speaker, and expert in conscious parenting and emotional and anger mastery. Take it away, Eileen. Yes, okay. Well, Tia, we're really thrilled uh, to have you on the podcast today. Your uh, wealth of knowledge when it comes to conscious parenting, which is dear to my heart. I started doing it back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tia Fagan is a conscious parenting and authenticity coach. She's mom to two daughters in their 20s. She's been coaching and guiding parents and non-parents since 2016. She's certified with Dr. Shafali Tsabara, who's Oprah's favorite parenting expert, Mm -hmm. and the Jai Institute for Parenting. As a registered professional engineer, Tia is able to blend the analytical brain and the emotional heart. Tia is here to share her ideas on conscious and authority parenting. Welcome to the show, Tia. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tia. We are so blessed to have you with us because we are going to be talking about the topic that is, as Eileen said, absolutely dear to our heart. And that is how we may we may become that conscious parent that can can begin to learn to um learn from our kids and and then the same and that we can start to you know use this earth as a big giant giant school as Eileen likes to say so um before we get started how about you just tell us your story and you know I know you've got two kids so obviously parenting is is really important to you but what got you involved in this conscious parenting I love that question because everyone's journey and how they come to conscious parenting is Mm -hmm. different and at different times and phases in being a parent or maybe even before they become a parent. Mm -hmm. So it's never too early, never too late. It's exactly at the right time. And so for me, uh, so I'm a mom of twins. So they're now uh, seniors in college and working their way through and, you know, individuating, continuing to blossom, coming to their own. And I have been blessed to have them come into my life, choose me, and they have taught me so much. So for my own personal journey, I was an engineer, so super in my head, completely disconnected. You know, if you could draw a line at my neck, that was exactly where it was. It was like, wait, there's a heart down here. You know, it was always there. Yeah. But through growing up, I just disconnected from it because 
it was easier to stay in my head. It was more comfortable. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to have children and that decision, it's like, okay, start with one, see what happens, you know, and then, <laughs> then, reassess. <you> twins. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the universe is like at 20 weeks during that routine ultrasound. Cause back then you didn't have yeah. an ultrasound until later. They're like, guess what? There's two in there. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't know this. I, I think this is a joke, right? This isn't real. She's like, no, there, there's two. I'm like, <sighs> my world was turned upside down right from that moment. Cause right. Engineer yeah. plan. Yeah. Have everything organized. (laughs) Control is was my favorite thing. You know, I'm gonna micromanage everything. And then right away, you know, this is all hindsight at the time, of course. Now I realized that this was their first gift to me of Mm -hmm. recognizing you need to learn to flow. You need Mm -hmm. to learn to drop into your heart. You need to let go of expectations. And so long story short, they were I was put on bed rest and I at Four weeks later, so bed rest, they were induced, NICU for 12 days so they could feed and grow. And then I read every parenting book, right? Because I had to have the knowledge. I had to be the perfect parent and balance everything and be there, you know, not let them cry longer than a second, all that. So luckily I had that information going in that it was not, it was about connecting and holding them. So I was very grateful I had that from the books that I read, but something was missing. And as they got into toddlerhood and started to, you know, start that, Hey, I'm my own little being. And as they got older into past six, it was becoming really challenging for me. Cause all of a sudden I'm like, I can't control these beings in the same way I could when they were two. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they still were strong willed and showed me like, Hey, you can't really control me, but I could manipulate a little more when they were toddlers. And I kept reading. I'm like, something's missing. Something's missing. And then I actually came to my own evolution through not them specifically, but through horses. They became interested in horses. I had always wanted horses as a kid, was never exposed. And I'm like, wait, this is an opportunity for me. So I'm going to take lessons too. Mm -hmm. And the horses started to mirror back and show me things that I was ready for that I wasn't ready to learn from my children, even though I was, but I wasn't consciously doing it. And so I started my own evolution of, oh, so this is what understanding emotions are. Oh, this is what a boundary is. This is what that is. And through that process, then I came along the conscious parent from Dr. Shafali Sabari. I read that and I was like, oh my goodness, this is the piece I have been missing. And so I stepped into, they're my teachers in a different level. Like I saw it in more unconsciously, like I was learning from them, but I was still in that control. Like, oh, they have to behave. What happens if they don't learn this? Then at 29 years old, they're going to be that. Yeah. Project into the future. But after reading The Conscious Parent, recognizing when they respond this way, this is a mirror into myself. Yeah, this is an opportunity for me to grow. And so Dr. Shafali started having online courses. I took her very first one and I just kept going and going. And during her teen course, when my girls were now in middle school, it really cracked me right open to another level. And I'm like, it was like, all of a sudden the pieces were starting to make sense for me. And I realized that 
this is what I want to do. And I did a complete shift. I, I hadn't been doing engineering wow. per se at that point, but I was trying to find my way. Like, what is, yeah. what do I want to do? How do I want to serve? And it became that, and she didn't have her institute open at the time. So I certified with Jai and then recertified with her. But anyway, you know, it was just realizing, and I'm so grateful it happened how it did, because it always happens how it does. Mm-hmm. So that connection during the teenage years and preteen was like, because yeah. talk about mirror, right? It's a whole different level of mirror if you're open. And and especially if you've, especially if you've got children that are strong-willed. And, you know, my daughter was always, I always knew she knew who she was. Yep. And it was like from very young, it's like she knows who she is and she's she's being herself, you know. And um, so there's always that um, that power struggle because unless you learn to let go of it, then yeah. there's always this her and me and her yes. and me. And so now that, it's like, yeah, go, Ali. That brings, that brings up an interesting question that I was uh mulling over as I was looking at your materials, which is how, uh, in the way that you're approaching conscious parenting, how do you see who children are? What, who are mm. children? Mm. It's an That's an question. interesting question. So how do I see children? Mm. Right. That's the question. So I now look at them as, you know, and this is, everything's different, right? Each individual child is different, but literally what are, what are they mirroring back? What, how can I connect and see what they have to teach me? Yeah. When I look at a behavior, it's a reflection of what is going on within me. Yeah. It's not necessarily the behavior or the big emotion, what else, what's underneath the surface for them? What is There's the cat we're talking about? Cat, I told you, <laughs> he almost always shows up. Um, yeah. And so they are showing me the light or yeah. the challenge within me that I need to start to explore. So yeah. if I'm feeling triggered or activated, they're showing me and mirroring back a lesson for me to become curious about myself. Yeah. First. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've learned so much just from the triggers. It's just like, okay, why did I get so triggered by this? And the interesting thing is I've, um, we now know, or at least, at least my belief is that the, when that the souls actually choose us as parents, that we, we have a soul contract before we come here, that these particular souls are going to work together as like a soul family to teach these lessons to yeah. teach these these experiences and to to be able to help us to grow as and and on both sides so your child is needing to learn these lessons but right. so's the parent exactly because, yeah so um so yeah that's fantastic i think that i think that that's a perfect um description as to as to what children really are and they're our teachers i think in many ways don't they you think are. i like yeah well, in many ways, they are my <laughs> teachers. My son is 45 and he's still he's teaching, still teaching me, me all the time. He's much more direct about it now. Mom, you know, you need to do this. Mom, when mm-hmm. you're writing your book, it needs to have this many chapters in it. And he's always right. Yes. Which is really, really wonderful. So I just listen to him and go, yes, dear. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because over the years, we set up a... a um, coordination like that where uh you know but one thing i want to say about this is that means then tia that um 
that we, um, I, I think it's really key because I've been a therapist for so long is when you're having trouble with your kids, if they're having a rough spot, the answer really is in the parents, not necessarily in the children. And when you do the looking that the, both of you have been talking about, uh, my experience is in within, even if it's a very difficult situation, mm -hmm. uh, within three to six months after I make a change as parent, the child makes a change. And I don't have, and it's not them having a problem or having something wrong with them. And I think that's really key in this approach. Yeah. I yes. Yeah. And I love how you said that when the parent starts to make that change, you see a change in three to six months. This is not instant. It is yeah. not magic. It's not you. And I call it an on and off switch. It's not like, oh, I, I showed up this way. Now everything's going to change. No, it's a process. It's an evolution because not only do we start to gain that awareness of what is showing up for us, we have to start to make steps to create the change within us it's not just in our head and that's yeah. it's that dropping into our heart and integrating we're not looking to get rid of that part of us we're looking to integrate and yes. allow like oh i see that you're triggered because the trigger still ha i still get triggered by my yeah. daughters yeah because they're teaching me but it's also could be an old one where i'm just out of balance and it's like like you were saying my daughters are amazing they're like mom that's on you that's yours yeah, you know, exactly. they shine the light. They have no problem. And I am so grateful that they did that. Now, when they did that before I became more along the path, it did trigger me and I would get defensive, but that was a lesson and an opportunity and a remembering of wait, you know, when I had that space and distance, it's like, you were right. It was mine. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out for me. Absolutely. And I think that these triggers that we're talking about, I think they're actually our shadow side. These are the part of us that we are resisting, that we're, we're like, I don't want to deal with that because that hurts too much. I don't want to deal with what's happened in my childhood because that hurts too much. Our, our inner ch children are still hurting. So I think it gives a lot of great hope to, our, to parents to know that you can, no matter what your situation is, you can change it by, change, by altering your perceptions by altering your self-worth and your self-love because I think this is where a lot of it comes down to is our inner um, feeling of worthiness. And well, you know, that's where my uh, my notion of uh, we're in a big giant school mm -hmm. and we've all come here to learn and grow comes in. I think a lot of the resistance that you're talking about, Jen, and maybe you run into Tia, is uh, the, our resistance to having to make change yeah. or look at things. And when you, when you understand that we're all here in order to grow and once a lesson, once an experience has brought us a lesson, it doesn't actually go away. It may go underground for a short period of time, but it doesn't go away. Then what you do is you embrace learning. Something comes up and you Ooh, embrace it right yeah. away. Mm -hmm. And I just want to add in here too, that I, due to COVID and breaking my arm, I spent time with both of my adult children. My daughter's 52 this year, my son's 45. And I have a new saying, children never give up on trying to remodel their parents. Mm, I like that <laughs> because it's probably true. <laughs> so <laughs> um, They're still at it. They're still at it. <laughs> now we know, we know Tia that they're, 
our society has been brought up with a number of different parenting styles, with the authoritarian parenting style, the passive parenting style, and the just no parenting style. So, you know, the person that is completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, now, conscious parenting has come in, and now we're now we're learning about how how parenting is is supposed to be and how we are supposed to interact. Um, so. If a child were to make a mistake, because children are going to make mistakes, it's part of learning, um, how would a conscious parent deal with it as opposed to the way the authoritarian or the passive parent might? Ooh, great. I love this because it's so, it's that remembering, you know, how do we learn? We Mm -hmm. learn through making choices, doing behaviors to figure it out and to help check in with ourselves. Like, what is the truth? What, what is the opportunity? What's the lesson? So when a child is trying something or does something, you know, and we can talk about all sorts of stuff, you know, brain development, all of that and understanding, you know, this, so there's the, the understanding neurologically, they don't, there's no impulse control when they're little, when they're teens, there's a lot of remodeling of the brain, all this stuff. So we can take until that until they're science. like 26, isn't it? That they don't actually on average 26. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so people often, a lot of parents seem to think, oh, they're manipulating me or they did this behavior on purpose. When the reality is they're just moving moment to moment, just like we are. Yeah reacting, having responses, trying new things. And so if we can put on that lens of curiosity and go, oh, wow. So they tried that. So it's not about the behavior per se. It's about what's underneath. What's the learning? What's the lesson? So let's say a child, I don't know, throws something, you know, gets mad and throws something. So a parent has a choice. And yeah. to keep it simple, they can punish and blame. What were you thinking? How could you do that? That was terrible. Da, 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 da. Go that route and punish. Mm. So time out, shaming, making the child feel bad instead of focusing on wondering why. What's the curiosity behind there? Or the passive parent who's just like, I, I don't have the energy to deal with this. Yeah, right now. I <laughs> I'm just walking away. Disconnect. Yeah. Because so many people think conscious parenting is oh, it's, you're not involved. It's like, no, this is the most involved you can be because you're looking at yourself. You're looking at your child. You're like attuning, you're constantly course correcting. You're wondering. So in that case of a child throwing something, it would be like, I wonder what else might be going on. Yeah. Maybe there's frustration. Maybe something happened at school and the pressure cooker just built up so much that they had to physically release something. Mm -hmm. So It's an opportunity where it's like, if I were to get triggered in that moment, what is coming up in me? Well, first of all, I need to co-regulate, get myself into the present moment. Mm -hmm. What is the reality? So that simple lesson of what is the isness of what is showing up right now? It already happened. We can't change it. So how do I want to move forward with connection, with curiosity, with understanding? First, myself, my reaction, take that pause. And then stepping in with the child, instead of shaming, go, oh, something must be going on. Were you really angry to throw that? Or did it feel really good to throw that? So connecting and being curious, but then we still can bring in boundaries. Mm, Yeah. There's a healthier way, but not when the child is in this activated state, no one can hear when we're activated. We can't learn when we're activated. So 
circling back around, mirroring, doing the co-regulation. I'm going to help bring you into your body, into the present moment again. And now we can say, hey, it looked like you were really upset. Is there yeah. something going it's on? Something and they, going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And they may not be able to verbalize that and that's okay, but they can feel held and safe and allow those big emotions to go through because we can hold the container because we now are able to deal with that anger or frustration or whatever else is going on. So the conscious parenting is about that heart to heart connection, the attuning, the being curious, creating a boundary when needed, but Mm. creating that boundary. I call them like loving boundaries. I'm doing this because I love you enough because I trust and know you can step into this boundary because I can hold it for you. You can bounce it, it, you can jump over it, but we're going to bring you back because you you are connected here and you know what is right for you and and having compassion i mean we all make mistakes we all have bad days we blow up we have a little moment where we say something whatever it is why are kids put into an expectation that they're supposed to be perfect and well balanced and never have a bad moment because then they're being disrespectful or whatever label society wants to put on that but, but we also we also know too that our parenting styles come a lot from our own parenting um, totally. as we were growing up. So there are situations where you have one partner that may be authoritarian, one partner that may be conscious or passive or or whatever. Um, how do how do they come into the same place so that um, if if that's like our belief system, until you change that belief system, how are we going to meld together to do this? So. <laughs> I'm going to refer, bring in a few statements that my mentor and teacher, Dr. Shafali says, first of all, it just takes one conscious parent. Yep. I mean, there's science behind that. There's, we need one enlightened witness. One conscious parent can make a difference for a child. Two, do both parents need to be on the same path? Absolutely not. That's a myth that we think has to happen. Because, but then we are now trying to force another person to evolve and then they can't evolve until they're ready. And Dr. Shafali always says the state saying of, well, we need to provide a united front to our child. Just the languaging. It's a front. Yeah. That's not real. It's a front. And then you're creating up for battle. And you're you're pretending, aren't you? Because we've all got our own belief systems. We've all got our own way of doing things. And so- and people are going to, like you said, people are going to get to this place at different stages, at different times, you know, if that's what they're supposed to do, because they've got their le- lessons to learn as well. Exactly. So, and children can tell when it's not real. They yeah. are so attuned to the energy and they they can read right through a front right then. And then also recognizing too, like each parent has their own relationship with their children. Yeah. They're each, just like you said, that soul contract, the soul contract with each parent is different. They're yeah. going to learn and navigate. And whether the parent chooses to take the lessons from the children, that's that parent's own journey. Yeah. And so we can't force consciousness on anyone as much as we may want to. I mean, you, we get that all the time. I'm sure you've seen it where yeah. it's like, I'm on this path. My partner needs to come along with me. And it's like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> the more you push, human nature is to resist. And so- just model it just like we model for our children model for the people around us and they may choose to join us but you're planting seeds and when it they're ready to water them then they're ready yeah you can't make it happen any sooner than anyone is ready 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so let me step in here. I, as I'm listening to you, Tia, uh, in the back of my head, I'm like being the the everyday parent. And the question that came to my mind is how you, you say, okay, you're looking at what is going on underneath. How can I be sure that I am finding what's underneath? Mm. <laughs> so there's so much there, right? Because I was there, you know, because I didn't just wake up and I'm like, I've got this all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I'm never going to have it all figured out. That's the beauty, right? It's a lifelong path. So for the parent who's listening, who's like, well, how do I figure out what it is? You don't have to know exactly what is going on with your child, but we can be curious. Like, so for example, um, a child comes home from school, right? And they're, most parents are like, tell me about your day, this, this is, and they are shut down. They're like, I don't want to answer your question. They don't interact with me. So then it's like, be curious. Well, what else could be on, going on? Maybe that child got scolded by a teacher. Maybe that child is really struggling with the test. Maybe they got in a fight with the teacher. Maybe they just need to decompress from being told what to do all day in traditional schools. What the exact thing is, is not necessarily what's important. What's important is you're not focused on the behavior. You're focused on my child is having their own experience. I may not understand it mm. because if we try to figure it out and we guess wrong and we say, this is what's happening to you, we now have created a discount. That child's like, you don't even understand me because yeah. we guess wrong. So we don't need to say what it is. We just need to hold that space, right? Exactly. Mm. Um, and it's learning to hold the discomfort with the unknown. Yeah. Because like we that. are taught in society, you need to know everything. You need to get it right. You need to do, do, do. No, we just need to sit with the isness that's in front of us and the unknown that's underneath. What you're also saying there is that you also still continue to focus on love, love yeah. of yourself and love of your child. And I think that's important too. So you're not having to resolve it right then or name yeah. it. Uh, yes. but you but you are being there and uh, holding love that's yeah. how, I mean people talk to me about how the work that I do I hold space for people and I go how do I do that how how, how is that happening I can't ever quite figure it out uh, but it, it's mostly like the being with the person as they have their experience as opposed to bringing them over as a old, old-fashioned parent parenting used to do and you don't even to my side yeah, yeah and you don't even have to be in the same vicinity and no. this is the thing because it's about holding that energetic space it's mm -hmm. about going no matter what is happening I still love you and no matter what's happening no matter no matter what you're going through I still love you and I'm going to hold that space and I'm going to um send that love across to you anyway because it's all energy and this is this is what this is what I think it is it's like parents are like, well I've got to be right there well, you don't have to be because sometimes, especially as they get to teenagers, things change, <laughs> you know, so, and space is more important. Um, right. And I know because I was a teenager and, and I know that, you know, there were times that I was like, mom, dad, get out of my face. And, <laughs> you know, so I think it's important that we understand the difference is that we don't actually have to be, you know, around them, but we can still keep that, keep that love for them and that connection. 
And that love and that holding space and that energetic aspect Mm -hmm. is really that accepting what is, right? Accepting the pain with the joy, accepting all all of it. And we don't Mm -hmm. have to fix it. We don't have to change anything. We just hold it for it to a lot because energy moves, right? Yeah. But if we start to resist or fix, then it gets stuck. Yes. And we take away our child's or our teens or our adult children's process for them (laughs) to be able to allow it to move through. So if we can just hold it with that loving energy, that love, that acceptance, it's like, I am here for you no matter what shows up. And know that it's just part of the journey. I don't have to understand everything. I just trust that you know what you need. And if you would like some guidance, I'm happy to provide some guidance. But otherwise, I fully believe in you, no matter the age. Because all you have to do is watch a little child having a temper tantrum. They're moving that stuff through. Yeah. And then they're over it in like two two seconds. You just let them go through it and they're done. But and that's an that's an important point I want to put in too. There's a principle that I learned years ago that I think helps in a situation like this, and that is on the earth. In order to get beyond something, you must go through it. Yeah. And I think uh, the one thing parents tend to want to do is, oh, I don't want my child to have this bad experience or whatever, but they need to go through it. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. That's part that of their journey. Yeah, yeah, completely. The only way out is through, right? And so the reason mm-hmm. we, you know, our parents raised us and da 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 you know, we now have this opportunity once we step into conscious parenting to start to break those generational patterns and be willing to move through yeah move through the difficulty and then that also goes for moving through the joy together the connect this all of it it's not one or the other it's all encompassing and as we step into being a conscious parent we are we are healing past and future and present and that's when we break these patterns we now are not passing that on to our children Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to pass something on. We're human, right? That's the experience. And that goes on and on. But if we can break as many of those old patterns, that old pain, that old hurt, because now, you know, we know epigenetics too. So there's science and energy. It's all, it's not one or the other. It's all. Yeah. And then children now are like, oh, I don't have to carry this with me anymore. It's gone. Mm. You know, so this reciprocity is beautiful. Yeah. Now you talk about parenting with authority. And I was just curious, um, what is the difference between parenting with authority and authoritarian parenting? What is the difference between them? So I guess I'm curious what you mean by parenting with authority, because I'm more like parenting with authenticity. So can you clarify? Oh, yeah, no, that, that could have been what it was. <laughs> okay, because I'm like, I don't ever yeah, remember okay. saying parenting yeah. with authority. <laughs> no, it's okay. So parenting with authenticity. So yes. um, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So for me, parenting with authenticity, authentic living, conscious mm-hmm. living, it kind of goes hand in hand. It, it really does, but it's a different um, energy to bring the focus on the parent. Yeah. Right. Cause a lot of times it's easy to say I'm a conscious parent. So it's focused on the parenting versus when you're parenting with your authentic self, yes. you are parenting from yourself first. So you need to raise your be the parent for yourself. So you're authentic and you connect to your own pain, your own Mm -hmm. difficulty. And 
then you can parent with authenticity. And so as you are authentic, you are giving your child permission to stay connected to their authentic self. So because this is really we are this... not able to do it. How can we gift that to our child? Because then we're going to be in fixing, changing. Yeah. But if we know here, we're who in the line. We and who we are. Yeah. We are now seeing our child as their authentic self, their yeah. connection to their truest being. But that takes us reparenting ourselves again, coming back to that, going through and like oh, that takes why us. That takes us healing that inner child that's that um, we've been putting aside, that shadow that we've been putting aside. That takes us actually digging deep and and going through it and and getting out on the other side. And right. because we will get out on the other side. It's just it's just something that we have to heal from. So um absolutely. And once you get to that place, then you know, you then your child can learn how to to be their best versions of themselves as well and who they truly are. So I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Oh, we can I put a little pitch in here for 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 emotions. I want to put a little pitch in for emotions (laughs) because uh, uh, parenting when I was growing up at any rate, literally taught people to lie about their emotions. You say, I love you. Thank you. I apologize. Mm I'm whatever. You were taught to lie. And I think an easy way to understand being authentic, and I apologize, I'm the one who put authority in there. It's Guess okay. what? My father is a military person. Um, uh, an easy way to be authentic is to really let yourself feel what you're mm-hmm. really feeling and speak that truth from your heart uh, and live mm-hmm. that truth. Then uh, then it, it's a lot easier. So I think that's a simple way to do it. What am I really feeling here? Mm-hmm. And how can I convey that to my child or children? Yeah, because yeah. some, sometimes people are so, parents are so afraid to show the emotions to their children because it's like, well, if I do that, then they're going to think I'm weak. If I do that, then they're going to, but they need we, to understand know that, we're that people we're people well, too. Well, not only that, this idea that uh, emotions are, are weak Mm-hmm. It, it it takes more strength than anything in the world mm-hmm. to be working with emotions oh yeah that, totally. that is that's a figment of somebody's imagination 30 generations ago exactly not, and not unfortunately real. and unfortunately it's something that still continues to this day which is why you know boys are told not to cry and you know and this stuff still happens to this day and oh, it's yeah. sad because we know that emotions are so important for for our kids to grow and to expand. So, absolutely. Well, here, here we are doing our part to change that. Huh? We yeah. are absolutely. So, so what's um? So, if I could ask you, what is parenting with intention, Tia? So for me, parenting with intention, it's all kind of the same. It's a different flavor of the same stuff, Mm -hmm. but really intentional parenting for me, having, Mm -hmm. bringing in intentions is important because when we parent with intention versus parent with a goal or something has a different energy. So when you think like, I want to be a good parent, what does that mean? That doesn't mean it, right? It's, you can't feel it there's no energy behind it and it's good or bad so it already comes into this either or yeah parenting with intention is an and for me yeah so you can excuse me you can parent with an intention i intend to show up in the present moment and in acceptance in each moment Mm -hmm. 
So we are that at our core, every human is that. So yes. when we focus on an intention, we already are. Now we can stray from that because we're human, but we always have it within us versus I am, I'm not going to be judgmental. Well, you know what? You're going to be, so then you, you're failing at that yeah. part of parenting versus the intention of I am going to be an acceptance in each moment is yeah. it's a flowing with life. It's an allowance. It's come brings in grace and compassion Yeah, and that loving space versus when we aren't parenting from intention, we're goal oriented. We tend to fall into control or all these other things. And, versus- and being an engineer, I assume that goals was probably the way that you, that you would have run things. And, 100%. So, and because I know myself, I don't do goal setting. I do intention setting because yep. I I want to put that feeling and those emotions into it. And so, um, yeah, so I think that that's a really powerful thing for us to understand the difference because if you can put the emotion into it and the feelings into it, then it's a present moment by moment experience. Exactly. And you're of complete acceptance that, you know what, I am human and that things are going to happen sometimes, but I'm accepting yeah. of myself. Yeah. And the, and the parenting with intention also recognizes when we fall a little to the side, right? Because we're mm-hmm. human, we yep. see the opportunity that, oh, here's a lesson, here's something for me to go within, or wow, that was a remembering. Yes. So it can, it it provides a different perspective of showing up in each moment for ourselves, for children, for anyone we touch versus, oh, that happened. I'm bad. No, this, this screw up or whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter what you want to label it the languaging that you use your self-critic comes in versus mm-hmm. hey yeah so what wow, the, the, tagline, the, the, the tagline on my radio program that I did for 13 years I'd like to just put in here because I was thrilled yeah. to see how you how you work on it it's pay attention not to what you want to overcome but to what you want to become oh, and that's a way I have of seeing what you're talking about yeah, Beautiful. totally. So, yeah. so Tia, we, we have had an incredible conversation today, but if you could give our listeners three things that they could do right now, that they could do to, to change their, their parenting style or to start to work on themselves, what would be three things you would suggest? So three things, oh, it's hard to narrow it down, Uh, you know, because, and when I say that, I don't mean that in like, um, there has to be three perfect things. It means the three things could be different for each person. So So I'm going to to encompass it as best I can. So I would say, first and foremost, learn to be comfortable in your own skin and all parts of you, right? So when you are feeling that a uh, strangle feeling in your throat or a tightness in your chest. That's just a message. It's just an awareness because our body talks to us. So learning to connect with the body and the languaging it's giving to you and be with that uncomfortable feeling. So when you see your child struggling, we often feel that, oh, I got to fix it. I got to change it. No, just sit with that feeling. Yeah. So learning to be with, which allows back to the other part of the conversation, then we can start to go through it, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing your child's behavior as a form of communication. 
Mm-hmm. So rather than changing behavior, go, oh, they're communicating something to me. What could that be? Yeah. There's a direct parenting one. And then learning to, how do I put it? Learning to hold space. Yeah. That's a really important one. Absolutely. Which is hard. It's super hard. So giving yourself compassion as you learn to experience what that is. Because if you don't know what it is, you've never felt it from someone else. This is such a esoteric idea. Mm. Um, and so can I give an, a quick example? Yeah, go for it. Like e-learning, maybe that'll be helpful for people who've never had someone hold space for them or who've never done that for someone else. So when one of my daughters was, I can't remember, you know, you don't remember the exact, I was either late, maybe 14, years old you know so all this stuff is stirring and she always wanted to talk when it was I was tired and ready to go to bed so I was laying in bed and she would come into my room and just start sharing about her day that was when she would unleash Mm -hmm. and before I would be like trying to fix and change and I'm like no I I need to sit with be with so this kind of encompasses a lot of what we just talked about in those three things as well so I would notice she'd start sharing the difficulty that she was struggling with And I would notice my throat would tighten. Mm -hmm. I would have all these feelings. I would want to fix and change. And she was talking. And I just remember witnessing my own experience while also listening to her. And the beauty of our children, when we give them that opportunity to tell us what, when things are going wrong is wrong. And I say that in quotes because it's not wrong. It's just a So I remember one night specifically, she was sharing and I was like really rumbling inside. And it was like, and I just blurred out like, have you tried blah? And she stopped talking. She left Left the room room and didn't come back. And I just remember sitting there, oh, you screwed that one up. Yeah. And then I just had that. that. Okay. So I wanted to fix and change because I was focusing on the behaviors of what was showing up and I wanted to help her and make her discomfort go away. But it was about me getting rid of my discomfort. Mm. And the beauty of this amazing soul is five minutes later, she came back in and she gave me a second chance. And, and he didn't make the same mistake again. I did not. I literally just sat there. I remember it felt like I was biting my tongue when it would rise up. And it was the connection, the heart space, all yeah. of that holding space. She felt seen and heard. I didn't have to do anything. She came to her own decision. What was the next step for her? And then when someone can come to that own decision for themselves, then regardless of if it goes easily and joyful or painful they can live with that decision because they're not living from someone else and so that holding space encompasses you who you're holding space for discomfort feeling all of that flowing yeah but it's really that open energy in that heart yeah in, can, I, I want to tack a similar story on here when my son was in college he was a very young college student he was across the country from me And he called me one day with a very sensitive sexual issue that he wanted to discuss. Mm -hmm. And I talked with him about it. And at the end of our conversation, I said, this is going to show my own prejudice, but I always expected to have a conversation like this with my daughter, but I didn't expect to have it with my son. Mm -hmm. And so I want to thank you for trusting me enough with this. And he said, well, there's a reason that I do don't, you know, mom, do you want to know what it is? 
And I said, yes. And he said, if I ever heard you and all the times I've been sharing with you, if I'd ever heard you say so much as a, <gasps> I would never have told you another thing. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, and I think it is something that is super important for us to recognize when, when it comes to um, conscious parenting. So, um, so I, we have gone for almost an hour and we have had an incredible conversation. And so before we go, can you please let our listeners know, Tia, where they can get a hold of you and, and what you have available? Yeah, so they can find me on my website at Tia Fagan, and it's F as in Frank, A-G-A-N.com, mm -hmm. or on Instagram, Tia Fagan Coach. Um, I will be honest, I'm not the best at social media. It's not my favorite, but I do mm -hmm. show up there from time to time. And if anyone wants I to learn a little bit, <laughs> I should, it. and I noticed the should, and I'm like, wait, but is it authentic? And so recognizing that. And, you know, if they want to learn more about how do you set an intention in parenting, I do have a free, you can find it on my website yes. or through Instagram. I have a worksheet that can help you identify what is your primary intention right now in your parenting. It doesn't have to stay. We shift and evolve and change, yeah. but it's a step-by-step. -step so you can say like, this is my intention in parenting. And so it can help you manifest, show up for yourself, show up for your kids, reparent yourself in the whole process. So I downloaded and filled that out last night. And oh. I want to say that it's very, very thorough and uh, helpful. So I really Fantastic. want to encourage people to get that for it's a four page uh, uh, download document that you can download and fill out and carry around with you and contemplate on. It's really great. Thanks, Tia. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tia, for, for offering that value to our listeners. And, you know, if if anything, just get started working on yourself. That's where it starts, mm -hmm. is just start to recognize your worth, start to recognize your value as a parent, and start to recognize the lessons that are coming to you. Because once you start to do that, it's actually quite an exciting experience. It is. Because you know that, you know, that it's it's a, an opportunity for you to expand and to grow. So mm -hmm. we, we thank you for your time today. Thank you, Eileen, once Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Yes, and, thank you. Um, and we'll keep in touch, Tia. Let us know how everything's going. And I'll put everything on the show notes um, and I will let you know once it's published. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.